1: Concerns are mounting over two homeless shelters in the Young Eglinton area where a staffer was recently stabbed by a resident. But the stabbing incident, along with other issues such as break-ins and discarded needles outside and near the facility, have upset local residents and business operators, and school is going to start soon. And uh, similar issues have called into question the sustainability of a longer-term Shelter nearby at the Roehampton Hotel on Mount Pleasant Road, which some critics argue needs to be vastly improved or relocated. And now I would like to welcome Rachel Chernos Lynn, who is a Toronto School Board trustee for Ward 11, Don Valley West. Hello, Rachel. Thank you so much for being with us.
2: Thank you for having me
1: this afternoon. Okay. Tell me about a letter that you sent uh, uh, and outline some of your concerns with this, please. Sure. Well,
2: um, you know, we were first told about the shelter after it had opened um, and we were, we were, we learned about it from residents because they started emailing about their experiences in the neighborhood with, with um, some associated problems from the shelter. And uh, so there's another trustee. The the shelters are just um, on the boundary between the two wards. So, trustee Shelley Laskin and myself got together, looked at the situation, and we wrote a letter to the mayor and the city, uh, expressing our concerns about the location of the shelters. How
1: close? And are, in- how close are they to schools?
2: Well, there are five. Um, Schools in the area. Four of them are TDSB. But the Roehampton shelter in particular is uh, within about 50 meters of Eglinton Public School and Northern Secondary School. So there are over 2,000 students just uh, within 50 meters um, of that particular shelter. And then the two on Roehampton are one building away from North Toronto Collegiate. Um, across the street from St. Monica's, which is a Catholic school. And then John Fisher is one block up, which is another TDSB elementary school. So there are five schools right in the vicinity. So lots of students will be going back to school, as you know, on September 8th, and in that, in that area of those shelters. But in particular, the Roehampton one is, is really very, very close and sandwiched in between two schools.
1: And what's your sense of uh, whether authorities, I mean, I saw the the mayor responded, as usual, he said, there has to be a balance or whatever. And there's been some stepped up security.
2: Um so it, there have been some measures put in place since the opening of the shelter, since, um, with with lots of advocacy on the part of um, trustees like myself, but also many many community members who have been advocating, as well as the city councilors. Um, I know in particular I have been dealing with my city councillor Jay Robinson, um, and she is working very hard to try and make sure uh, that that we are that they are the city is responding to to this crisis so um, community safety teams have been instituted and they walk around the area 24 7 and they pick up hazards like needles uh, and they address any inappropriate activity uh, but they are not police uh, there is a corporate security mobile patrol they are working on getting more and more cameras up um, i know there are cameras out that have been put out just outside the Roehampton. Um, they're putting things like a, an outside space at the Roe Hampton, like some sort of deck so that the residents in that shelter will have their own outdoor space, uh, on their own premise, which would be helpful. Uh, you know, there are lots of different things that they are trying, um, and, and those help mitigate risk for sure, but it isn't really a necessarily, um, a perfect situation, I would say.
1: Well, okay. Similarly. I- let me give the numbers out again. I want to know what people think the balance should be when you bring something like a homeless shelter into a neighborhood. And uh, people agree that there has to be something done in the midst of the pandemic. And I have to say is, we have one here, and it's from long before COVID-19 ever hit. Um, I'd say, Rachel, you are Fortunate in that your city councillor and also Josh, Josh Matlow seemed to care. Our city councillor, uh, Joe Cressy, like won't even respond. Uh, we've had incidents and uh, they completely, uh, I don't know, I think it's ideological probably, but uh, absolutely doesn't care. And, um, you know, I hope that it doesn't take a uh, stabbing. We have uh, the tent city that was removed finally from uh, from Nathan Phillips Square is now here. And there's mm-hmm. absolutely no move to do anything about it. Um, so I'd like to give the numbers out again to see if people are thinking about this and, and what the right balance is. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. I'm talking to Rachel Chernoslin, is a school trustee um for the Toronto District School Board and it's about problems brought about by some shelters right in midtown Toronto in the young Eglinton area and you know you've talked about all this mitigation but but really I'm assuming you just want these things moved right well i, I
2: you know i think we need to make sure we are always looking after vulnerable our vulnerable members of society so it, it personally from a school trustee perspective, I do believe that there should have been consultation with a school board about putting in a shelter um, right across the street from two schools. I, I just think that should be part of the protocol. Um, and and I think it could have perhaps changed how this was done. Ideally, I would love to see this relocated to... Um, to a location that isn't directly across the street from two thousand students who are coming back to school, because at the end of the day, it is my job as a Toronto District School Board trustee to ensure the safety of children and staff. To uh, you get know, to I think school, you're... to be in school and to leave school safely and feel secure in doing so as well.
1: Uh, you know, I, I, Rachel, I have to say, I think that you're you're being perhaps a little. Uh, naive about consultation, because even when there are consultations uh, for these things, um, it, it's really decided by staff members and they say, we've got to put them somewhere and this is the best place. I mean, you know, I I uh, I understand that you're upset that there wasn't consultation, and I guess that's a a matter because of the the urgency for getting people housed. But um, but I mean, uh, I can't imagine that consultation would have actually gotten anywhere. To be perfectly honest,
2: well, it might not have been. A, first of all, I mean, it was done under. It's it's really hard to say because I haven't had this experience before. But I do believe had we had a conversation. We might have had a different outcome. For example, perhaps the shelter could have housed families. Perhaps the shelter could have housed um, refugees. Perhaps there was a slightly different way to do it that was done in this case. Or perhaps they could have decided, you know what? This really isn't an ideal location. We didn't, maybe they didn't realize there were two schools because we are in the midst of a pandemic and we could have at least raised, had a chance to raise that issue with them and say, you know, from a safety point of view, this probably is not a good location, and we would urge the city to reconsider. But once it is already there, it is harder to do. So I do believe consultation in some form or another as part of a protocol that schools, if it is in a certain radius, need to be consulted. You know, we we cannot put in a shop selling marijuana in this location because it is too close to a school. So as a result, we now have, not everybody in the shelter obviously has addiction issues, but there are there are addiction issues that have arisen from this shelter. We are finding needles at local schools. We are finding needles right in the immediate vicinity of the shelter Um, so it, it, it is related and I do feel some form of consultation whether it is a phone call to the Toronto District School Board or an email that says hey you know we we have this location does this meet the parameters is there a distance issue you know or what do you think we could have
1: at least responded. Okay let's take a call from David in Toronto. Hi David. Hi, how are you today? Fine, how are you? Go ahead. Good, Good thank you. Um, so I, I, I just think that they could have possibly implemented better
2: security um, prior to the implementation of the Roehampton Hotel. Even though there is a COVID situation going on, I mean, uh, your, your, your pay security guards at the desk, um, metal detectors, things like that would help to protect both the residents and the neighborhood.
1: Well, uh, they have apparently put in some security now. We'll have to see if if it works. Do you live in that neighborhood, David? I am not that far from there. I'm uh, east of Bayview, but I am very familiar with the neighborhood. And what do you think? You know, the Roehampton Hotel is not a bad place.
2: I mean, so you do have self-contained units. So from that perspective, you could put one person per unit to help limit the spread of COVID-19 if people follow procedures.
1: Yeah, that's a big if. David, thanks very much for your call. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. And uh, that is all the time we have for this segment. Thank you so much, Rachel churnos Lynn, And we'll stay on top of this and see what happens as we get closer to the school year. Okay. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.